Welcome to the Talented Learning Show podcast, episode 58 with independent learning tech analyst John Lay. Today I interview Brett Strauss, president and founder at NetExam, about the modern world of channel and partner learning technology. You can find more of our fiercely independent content at talentedlearning.com. Well, welcome back, listeners, to the Talented Learning Show podcast series. On this show, I'm fortunate to interview the world's leading experts in extended enterprise learning, and today is no different. From the vendor expert side of the fence, we have one of the world's original and ongoing thought leaders in the field of channel learning technology. 20 years ago, when the LMS world was only focused on employee LMSs, Brett had a different vision to focus exclusively on channel and partner learning and leave employee learning to the other 99% of the LMS solutions out there. And it was a wise decision. Boy, in the sirens of employee learning has allowed Brett and his team to focus like a laser on improving channel learning organizations and improving channel organizations to sell more, which is the ultimate goal. As an independent LMS selection consultant that focuses on the extended enterprise space of channel and customer learning, many of my clients end up being Brett's clients and for good reason. As a result, I've had the pleasure of working with and learning from Brett now for over 10 years. And listeners, today's your turn to learn. Brett, welcome to the Talented Learning Show. It's great to have you here. John, appreciate it. Thanks for your time today. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we've been talking for 10 years about channel learning, and it's so great to have you on the show to, to explain to the listeners what's going on in the modern world. Uh, your organization has just been leading the way, and it's exciting to see what you're doing. Every time I get a briefing uh, from your organization, I see new innovations, new features, new use cases. Uh, that you guys are driving, and it's time for our listeners to learn all about it. So why don't we start at the top, Brett? Tell us about NetExam and why you founded it almost 20 years ago. Wow. Uh, well, 20 years ago, uh, my partner and I, uh, Hamatsu, our CTO, Hamatsu Kurunadasa, we had actually developed a content management system um, that we rolled out uh, about the same time that 700 other companies were rolling out content management systems, <laughs> uh, which was pretty brutal and a learning lesson. Um, had about a dozen clients, uh, but it never really took off because the market got so crowded. But one of our clients was McAfee. Uh, and although they're based in California, they have a, a, a major office here in Dallas. And my contact at McAfee said, look, we, we're looking to do some training. Can we use your, your, your content management system to do training? And we had an intro discussion. And in essence, part of an LMS is content management. And we said, sure, we could with some custom development. They were willing to make the investment, and uh, we spent a couple of years building out a pretty nice um, content or learning management system. It just so happens that McAfee was using our system to train their channel partners, which meant that the functions and features we initially developed were fairly specific to the channel training initiative, which is different than the HR initiative. And... Um, after a couple of years of, of rolling this out, I had a meeting internally with uh, our with Hamatsu, our CTO, and said, look, what if we ignored all the HR LMS stuff? And he kind of fought back and said, look, that's 95% of the market. We're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. And I was like, yeah, but what if we got 100% of that 5%? That's a pretty big chunk, and it's growing. And the great thing about uh, uh, channel partners is, you know, McAfee at the time had maybe 4,000 employees. They had 75,000 channel partners. So even the sheer numbers seem to work out better. So, although you do spend a lot more with internal training, you might invest two to $4,000 per employee, whereas on external training, you might invest 50 to to 
per partner, still the numbers really looked good. So we made that decision to just focus exclusively on the channel. And that really was very freeing because it allowed us to only develop features that benefited channel partners and it kept us from diluting our business. And I think that's what you see in a lot of the marketplace, especially for the HR LMSs, they're attempting to sell into the channel market. Yes, they have courses and exams and quizzes and stuff, but they aren't really the same animal at their core. And so what happens is that the people that are using those systems tend to come up short or they use kind of patchworks to get through and solve the problems that are unique to the channel that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they they lack the, the experience and thought leadership uh, in a lot of cases to understand what what's happened with other organizations in channel learning you know, before them. Um, yeah, I, I think another. so. It, 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 it kind of reminds me of uh, the Cheesecake Factory, right? You go to the Cheesecake Factory and you get American food and Chinese food and Italian food, but none of it's really that good. Um, <laughs> they're trying to serve something to everybody at the end of the day. And I've always been a big proponent of being very specific and, you know, inch wide and a mile deep. You can uh, build a, a better product, more of a scalpel um, uh, than a butcher knife, uh, and that it can solve a specific problem. And yes, you cut out a large part of the market, but, you know, there, there's, you know, how many HR LMSs over the last 20 years have come and gone and they've all been fighting over the same dime. Um, that's a pretty tough market to compete in. Uh, and I just felt like the channel space was being underserved. And it really was. I mean, we kind of, you know, accidentally stumbled into this industry. Um, but the more we got into it, the, the more we were able to develop a pretty mature product. And, you know, through the years, we've had customers like Dell, Oracle, AT&T, Johnson & Johnson's, some of the biggest names on the planet. Um, and it's been a real honor to kind of work with them and help their teams. Well, suffice to say, you, you probably won't land Cheesecake Factory as a client. <laughs> probably not. That's all right. Not <laughs> a fan, <that>. obviously. <laughs> well, why don't you take a step back and uh, just define the space for us? What What is uh, Channel and Partner? I mean, you already uh, started uh, alluding to that with, uh, with, with McAfee, but just define yeah. the space for us so we're all on the same page. I, I'd say the big difference between an HR LMS and a channel LMS is an HR LMS is to, is designed to help get you from the mailroom to the boardroom in 15 years, right? It's about personal growth and development of an individual along a track and to move them up uh, through education, up kind of the, the ranks within a business. A channel LMS is really built around how do I get this channel partner from 2 million in sales to 5 million sales over the next three years? How do I help get this group of individuals going in a direction that benefits myself as a manufacturer, but also benefits them by helping them increase sales because their increased sales are my increased sales because they're selling my products. Um, At the same time, your partners are very likely uh, not exclusive to you as a manufacturer. They're more than likely selling some, if not all of your competitors, right? So if someone picks up the phone and says, they're not going to call up their, their, their software salesperson and say, hey, I need 50 seats of McAfee. They're going to call up and say, hey, I need 50 seats of antivirus. What do you recommend? And that partner is going to make the recommendation. And that partner is probably selling a number of different companies um, of products that you compete with. So you're really fighting for the attention, not just of the partner organization, but for the individual that's answering the phone and taking that order. Um, so 
the goal with an HR with a, a, an HRLM and HRLMSs are critical, man. I, I we recommend them. They're great for what they do. Uh, it's just not what we do. And uh, I think you've probably seen this as well that when um, channel folks adopt an HR LMS to solve their training program, they tend to have to jump through some hoops and use some 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 bandaid and some electricians tape to kind of get by and fill in the gaps of where that system doesn't meet their needs. You can pull it off, but you're you're really coming up short. You're not getting all the benefits, and there are a lot of unique benefits to uh, a channel LMS and the relationship for the channel, as well as customer, customer training as well. I mean, they're both extended enterprise, right? I would say extended enterprise and internal training are two very different animals. Mm -hmm. Is there any particular uh, industries in the space? You mentioned a lot of your examples are, are going down software. Is Does channel and partner learning extend past that? Oh, absolutely. It's it's irrelevant, right? Uh, you could be manufacturing software. You could be entering manu uh, uh, manufacturing uh, parts. Uh, uh, services, it's it's irrelevant, right? Healthcare, um, we've worked uh, with with almost any organization. Anytime you're you're trying to train a group of individuals that are not employed by your company, there's challenges, right? Um, the great thing about HR training is I control you, right? Do your sexual harassment training by next Thursday, or don't pick up your paycheck. Guess what? You can get a hundred percent completion rate, right? Um, if you're my partner and I want you to do my sales training, that's a very different thing. And there's only two ways to get training completed in this world. It's threats and bribes, period. It's the only way you get training completed, right? I'm either gonna threaten you or I'm gonna bribe you. Now, um, as a partner, I can't threaten you because you don't work for me. But what I can do is I can bribe your boss, right? I can say, look, if you as my partner achieve my training goals, then I'm going to start giving you leads. I'm going to increase your margins of your of, of the deals that you close. I'm going to pay you more money. Then what happens is the the partner, the CEO of the partner organization, they become the threat for the employees. Of, Do this training because it benefits our company. It benefits you. It benefits me. It even benefits the manufacturer. So you you've got an audience that you have to strongly encourage to reach those goals. And there's a number of ways to do that, right? Um, another way is that you can actually do a deep analysis of the effects of the training. That's a great thing, right? So I can, I can look at your sales goals and then I can give you training and then look at your sales afterwards. And I can do that for large groups of people and I can see the effect, which means you could even go back and say, hey, if you complete this course I want you to complete, you should see a 3.7% increase in sales this year because of the analysis of the historical completions of those courses. So it's, you get a really deep analysis and understanding of the cause and effect of the training. And you have to, because as a partner, you've got 12 different other companies that are trying to get you to do their training as well. And you've only got so much time in a day and most of that needs to be spent either on the phone or closing deals. So how do I stand out as a manufacturer um, to get your your valuable time, your limited amount of time to complete my training. Is it more? Uh, so you mentioned uh, you know taking it from two million to five million as a partner, and you know the the, the bribing uh, methodology. What about uh, from uh, a service side or other you know challenges that uh, these organizations focus? Is it always just about sales? Is it broader than that? What are some big challenges that, in general, channel uh, organizations are trying to solve with well. 
at the end of the day, um, the whole reason you're training your channel is to make sure that, that their customer has a better buying experience and is happy with their product, right? So if you're, if you're my partner and you're representing my brand, then you're basically have my logo on your shirt, right? And if you're not doing a very good job of representing my company, then it reflects bad on me. And that's a tough spot to be in because I don't control you. Um, so I need to have a system that encourages you to be the best representative of my brand as you can possibly be. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're selling hardware or widgets or it's a services business. Um, I'm trying to make sure that the people that are representing my company are doing the best job that they can and doing it in a way that the customer experience is positive, that they are buying the right product and getting the right recommendations and that, that when they have that product and are using that product over time, that they're going to want to come back and buy again. Uh, the end goal is always the customer. How do I make that customer happier about my product, especially when I can't control the people that are selling, directly control the people that are selling my products to you? Mm -hmm. How about some uh, specifics on from a functionality uh, standpoint? What's, you know, what's different? You mentioned a few times that it's different from, you know, HR systems. Yeah. Specifically, what, what, what's, what's the technology that, that's different that's yeah. needed uh, in, in channel learning? Well, there's a couple of different primary areas. Um, one important one is um, I'm likely setting goals for my partner organizations, right? So let's say I have um, silver, gold, and platinum partners, right? So in order for you to reach those different goals, you're going to have um, goals set within my platform, but there's an internal report. So the partner organization themselves, they can, the individuals can log in and see what they've completed and what they need to complete, but their boss in the partner organization can go in and set the goals individually for each of those companies or each of those employees within the company. So we provide a basically a reporting system for the partner organization themselves to see what they are and aren't achieving, to see what dates things need to be completed. Um, if I have one person that has three certifications and that person leaves my organization, that could endanger me to lose my certification with the manufacturer themselves. So giving the, the, the partner organization the visibility in where they are and what their employees are doing is critical what people are doing and not doing. And keep in mind, you've got instructor-led training, you've got live training, you've got remote training like on, on Zoom. Um, all of those things are baked into the system and there, there's an automatic reporting that will uh, report to the manager. Um, let's say if I dropped out or no-showed at a course, the system automatically lets the manager know that that course wasn't completed and that the person was a no-show. So there's some intricate little things along the way as far as reporting and, and managing. Um, but again, the goal is uh, how do you move groups of people towards the goals? And at the end of the day, your training, your channel partner training goals should be very closely lined with the manufacturer's sales goals. And that's a tricky part, right? Because those are usually two different groups of people that are setting those goals. So you should be trying to build a pro program that encourages the sales goals to achieve and meet the goals set by the manufacturer organization themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about certification? Uh, you mentioned that. What's, what's uh, the use of that and uh, what's different about that? Well, um, certifications uh, are different depending on the company. Um, some certifications are good forever. Uh, you know, I got a BA in, 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 in psychology from, 
from college. I will have that BA for the rest of my life. Uh, in channel partner world, some certifications are good for a year. Some certifications are good until a new version of the product rolls out. Uh, you have to really be accustomed to all of those. Um, some people will make a certification good until an update happens, but if they have too many updates, then what you're doing is you're inflicting pain on your partners to complete too much training. You're taking advantage of the training hours that they have. So you have to kind of walk a fine line there to make sure you're not abusing that effort. Um, but certifications, uh, we, we, we strongly encourage the use of them. They're built into the system. Uh, one thing we've seen that successful channel organizations will do is they'll actually use training as a litmus test, right? So think of my partner organization. I've got three groups, three groups of people. I have the partners that haven't done my training. I have the partners that have done my training and I have the partners that have far exceeded my training goals. And if you can organize your partners into those groups, then you can actually adjust the way you have a relationship with those partners, right? And we've seen that. We saw that at Dell when we were working with Dell was, uh, Dell did a report where they tied their revenue data to their partner data and found out their certified partners were 143% more productive. In, in a scenario like that, you can then adjust your relationship with the partners and say, okay, if you don't do my training, then you're showing me that you don't have loyalty, my, loyalty to my organization. Therefore, I'm going to have a bit of a hands-off approach to our relationship, right? Um, it'll, they'll be self-serve. If you need some help, you can go to the website. Um, it's going to be kind of a, a, a lower touch type of relationship. If you do my training and you complete my goals, maybe I'm going to call you every quarter. I'm going to camera Nam, pick up the phone, see what's going on, help you do what you need. I'm going to, I'm going to send you leads. I'm going to increase your MDF funds. I'm going to basically shower you with benefits because you've done what I asked you to do. And if you far exceeded my goals, then you have an even closer relationship. But by creating those silos, you create a scenario where your non-certified partners can say, look, if you want all the benefits of being a, a, a certified partner that's reached those certification levels, all you got to do is jump over this, this fence here and complete my training goals, and you will benefit all of the other opportunities that come with being a partner. So you're basically shifting your investment in your partners to the ones that are more profitable to your business, and they're getting a better return on investment. Uh, on top of that, you know, if I've got leads as a manufacturer, it costs me money to create leads and opportunities, right? I shouldn't be giving those to everyone. I should be putting those in the hands of the people that I think are best suited to close those leads, which are the people that have gone through your certification. You know, uh, I, I remember going to my, my son's sixth grade graduation, and there was always one kid at the very beginning that was honored because, you know, this person, this, this child never missed his day of school, right? They were in the band. They were in honor society. They were in every, there's always that one kid that does everything. And you're like, man, that kid's going places. Uh, you can identify people and the people that are like that, that go out of their way to complete these things. They deserve more attention and more risk and more of the relationship and time. But you also create a pathway for the non-certified partners to get there. And that's kind of a, a sticking carrot type of relationship. That's another way to help you get uh, more of your training goals completed. A corollary to that is the the Deadwood theory, huh? Of, of Deadwood. It's uh, I think it's better to know who hasn't done your training than who has done your training. Uh, there's a benefit to that knowledge, right? Um, it's 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 understanding what the long term benefit to the manufacturer will be revenue wise 
And you can predict that by looking at their training goals. Now, let's let's be honest. If you've got in, in a lot of scenarios, um, you know, uh, uh, eight to 12 of your partners make up a vast majority of your revenue. Right. And if they aren't you know, if they aren't reaching your training goals, you're not going to fire them. You're not going to get rid of them. Um, but uh, the great thing about training is it's an equalizer. I can push training out and anybody can take it. You can have a five person partner or a 5,000 person partner. They both have access to the same training content. Um, they both have the ability to reach goals. And if you set your goals on percentage levels, right? I need 15% of your salespeople trained or X number of certifications, then everyone has the opportunity. You should be looking um, for the, 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 the middle of the pack, the individuals that could rise up to be one of your eight to 12, right? You should be fostering that relationship. How do I get more out of the folks that don't get a lot of my revenue and a lot of my time because their numbers aren't as high, but they could be as high with a little bit of uh, a, a little help in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Interesting, interesting. What about, uh, I know one of the, uh, the things in your solution that's different than HR solutions is just the use of mobile. Can you comment a little bit on how important that is uh, inside of your clients, I guess, in, in particular? Yeah, it, it's it, it, again, it's critical and it's tied to the fact that you don't have control over the student. Um, they are are they tend to be moving around quite a bit. And look, um, it's funny because I wasn't a big fan of mobile training 10 years ago. Uh, I just didn't feel like it was really quite there yet. Um, uh, internet access wasn't as ubiquitous as it is now. Um, phones were smaller. Um, I, I think it has gotten to a point where it is, is the vast majority of training is consumed that way. So um, the systems have to be uh, uh, able to accommodate that. And mobile training is critical. It's really about it's really about getting training to people in, in different formats of how they consume it. And the younger the people are that are coming in, older people are retiring. You know, when I, when, when I learned when I was a kid and, or when I was younger man and I learned, you went to a class, you sat in a room. That's like almost unheard of these days. And the younger that the workforce gets, the more mobile and more convenient it needs to be. And with mobile comes the ability um, to slice and dice, right? Your, 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 your training needs to be in smaller chunks, especially with the channel world. If I can consume 10 minutes here and 15 minutes there, I will consume more content than sticking me in a room for eight hours. And you know this in, in the training world, uh, you're good for about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. And after that, the drop off, even me, I mean, I just start to fade out after an hour and a half of anything, right? So um, you, you can't force people into a room for eight hours and expect, expect them to walk away and, and, and retain 80% of that information. It doesn't work. So we're seeing a little more uh, what we call JIT or just-in-time training, where you can consume little bits here and there. Uh, we're seeing training embedded into different features within the workplace. Uh, we've worked with um, automotive, automotive business, software businesses where they will have links within their software themselves that will pop up a window, connect into NetExam, consume five minutes worth of training, and then they will get training credits for that. Uh, we've also built um, a way to um, track informal learning, which is pretty cool, meaning that there are all sorts of things that happen during the day in the business world where knowledge is transferred, right? Breakout meetings, maybe a couple of people observe someone on a sales call. 
All of those are ways of transferring knowledge, but currently none of that is being tracked. With an informal training tracking, you can actually give credit for those individuals. And this actually started from one of our customers. Uh, we were working with, uh, with Stanley and they have a division for healthcare where basically if you want to build a hospital, you can go to Stanley and they've consumed a number of companies and they can build out your entire hospital, right? And one thing that they develop is the, the little baby bracelets that go around newborn babies, right? Uh, with, that throw off the alarm if the baby goes through a certain door. What they wanted to do was wait. They wanted to send their installers out um, to see one of the more um, seasoned veterans and watch them do the install. And then the installer would then give credit to the student for attending that event. So that's what kind of really started the informal training tracking. And that's really expanded where now you can get credit for going to conferences, visiting breakout sessions, going to visit a booth uh, where you can scan, scan a QR code and get, actually get credit hours for having attended those particular type events. The great thing is that you don't have to create new content. Most of this content already exists. You're just, you've just created a new way to track and give people credit for that. And that can be brought back into NetEx. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that includes the, the ability to have people observing you do tasks, you know, with a, a rubric behind that also. Uh, Absolutely. And we've got a tablet app for that. And the great thing about that format um, is that, uh, and to give an example, we've got a new thing that's very popular, which is video-based training, where um, I might ask you as a partner to um, use your laptop or your cell phone and record a sales pitch, Right. I want you to record a sales pitch of you pitching XYZ product. And then you, you can submit that to our platform. And then what we do is we extract the text and then use an AI-based grading system and grade that video. Um, and then that can be done for the entire community. And then another thing we can do is actually submit those videos to the other students. And then the other students through thumbs up and thumbs down can then grade each of those. The great thing about those video trainings is that once I've completed and I've got a really good example, that can then be used as content to train other people. So you're actually training, you're actually creating courseware um, from the people that are consuming the courseware, which is a, not only a very affordable way to do it, but it's a great way to do it. Like, here's an example of a great way to do the sales pitch, right? Um, so you've got a way to analyze that and to get it into the system and then push it back out as content. Very popular right now. Mm -hmm. Wow, in the spirit of uh, not having people drop off, we're almost at our time. <laughs> and we didn't even get to an hour and a half. Uh, so I, I always like to end up with a, an advice question. So from an advice standpoint, what's your best advice to organizations that want to up their game in terms of, of channel learning? Like, how, how, how would they go about that? Yeah, I, I think, number one, it's it's critical to understand the differences between the HR and channel LMS. And, and for those that are on an HR LMS with their channel, there's gonna be some growing pains and some changes to make the conversion, but the benefits are far superior. And I think you end up with a happier channel and a happier partner organization. Your goal should be creating an ecosystem, right? And keep in mind, channel training is just a little splice of the pie in the partner channel relationship, uh, manufacturer channel relationship. Um, you've got sales, you've got regions, you've got all these other things that are critical. The great thing about channel training is that it's very measurable down to the individual or even question level. So you can really understand the cause and effect of your training and how it benefits your organization. Um, you, you get more access to more data. 
Uh, and I think some folks aren't used to that, um, but you can get a very custom, what feels like a fairly customized system uh, uh, for not a huge amount of effort if you make the right decision in the beginning. Uh, and I will also say that, you know, we see a lot of new technologies come out, you know, augmented reality, VR. Uh, don't fall in love with the technology beyond what the core goals are. Um, the, the, the slick stuff looks cool for a little bit, um, but at the end of the day, you should be aligning your training, your channel training goals to your global sales goals. It's a facilitator. Right. Training is just a facilitator to help you get to your sales goals. And you should use that as a tool to get there. All right. Sage advice. <laughs> Rhett Strauss, founder and president of NetExam. Uh, great conversation, as always. Uh, listeners, thanks for tuning in. I wasn't lying to you. And I said this was going to be interesting and you learn a lot. Uh, this is a, a whole different field. And uh, just like Brett, I found myself uh, almost accidentally in channel learning. And I've been here for the last 20 years myself. And uh, it's just so exciting because for me, the most exciting part is where Brett finished off is that it's tied to measurable results. And so, uh, you know, HR learning, uh, in addition, going to the, the mail room, to the boardroom, it's also about saving money and channel learning. It's about making money and uh, getting to make money through learning technology is where I want to be, where Brett right. wants to be. And anybody uh, that's in the channel organization, that's where you want to be. So listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode, and we hope to see you on the next. You can find more of our independent content at talentedlearning.com. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Sean.